Yo, this is the ancient Texan. Oh, it's July 6th, a couple of days after Independence Day. It's been about six months since, since they went crazy on uh, in Washington and stormed the Capitol. Been a couple few years now that we've had a lot of conspiracy theories. What I want to talk about is truth. What the hell is truth? When is something true? How do you know? When something true, when's it so when is it a lie? What's the barometer? I think most people would say truth is important and they want to tell the truth, and they want to be honest. But yet, we have people believing that Antifa stormed the Capitol, and somebody else believes it was, which includes me, white nationalist. We have the big lie that Trump won the election, and I suppose some people believe that a lot of people believe that he won the election. So what's the truth? What's the truth generically? What's the truth on anything? How the hell do you know? Climate change, true or false? Well, first, I, I think it's crazy that the truth is easy or automatic. The whole scientific method is actually a method for trying to determine what's true. You pose a theory and you say, here's a theory of evolution. Is it true or false? And then you try to find evidence. And in the best case, you try to get, you know, something that you can repeat. And it's generally a messy process, and it's not neat and tidy like on an example you draw. I've worked R&D in my whole life. One of the biggest hurdles you have in telling the truth is dealing with your own bias. You got a story in your head, and you believe it's to be true. Most people don't even believe even realize that they got a story in their head. So like you got to back up one from the place that most people are at. You got something you believe and you've constructed a story around that belief and your biases. Uh, and you can't even usually see that it's a belief. I read a, heard an interesting podcast this week by Ezra Klein, Ezra somebody. Uh, he's a, I think he's probably conservative, but he's, he's, he's a sharp guy. We're talking about hunter-gatherers. And we always think about sharing is an option of the person that has the stuff. Well, in hunter-gatherer cultures, uh, you had kind of the demand 
you had the right to demand from someone that had more. If they have a pouch of tobacco and you don't have any, you demand some. If they have meat that you demand, they split it with you. And the culture considered that as normal and that as being moral. Someone had the right to demand that you share. And you shared and everybody bought off on that as a, as a value. Well, you say, well, how the hell could that be? If you own something, then you're the one that determines whether you share. That's actually, there's no like great truth to which one of those philosophies uh, is moral. And if you, if you try to sit down and logically tear that apart and prove one or the other, we're already so biased from our culture and the way we've been raised, it's almost impossible for us to think about someone demanding that we share as being moral. It is just, we can't even give that reasonable consideration. And yet cultures that were raised like, you know, that in hunter-gatherers that worked under that kind of philosophy don't have jealousy and uh, materialism. They're very equalitarian societies. Um, and it worked. And they actually had, you know, pretty healthy lifestyle, had plenty of food to eat, lived pretty long, healthy lives. So, you know, the net result was good. So if you want to judge something by the result, that worked out to work out better than our, um, everybody having, you know, property rights and having the right to hold on to everything and the right for Bezos to have billions of dollars while people, you know, that work for them sometimes don't have uh, health insurance. So it's, it's, it's not that easy to deconstruct something to tell what is true and what is false. In the scientific method, you propose something and then you do a test and you collect evidence to see, you run an experiment and you say, if the experiment comes out this way, then this theory is correct. And if you do an experiment that comes out this way, then that's correct and that's, you know, we've discovered what's important. Uh, in real life, you run the experiment and it comes out something, you know, it's not A or B, it's Q. Um, and then the other thing that happens in real life is, you know, you believe it's going to be A and it turns out B. You find a reason to say why the experiment really wasn't B and it wasn't done right and it should be done over so we can get A because we know A is correct. And there's also the inner interesting phenomena that if you work and plan something for years and experiments and stuff, you've got in your head how that's going to come out and you believe it. And after a while, you get confused that what you think, and what you believe is the truth. And anything different than that, even the result of the experiment that contradicts what you believe to be true, 
you find a way to discount it and dismiss it. That may just sound like BS, but it's not. I've, I've, I've done this a long time. And I know it's not just somebody else, it's me too. I've got a belief and I have to battle against my biases all the time. And even doing that, it is really hard. Uh, to not believe your own sermon. So when we have like global warming and we wanna know what's true, well, most of us are not competent enough, including me. And I would say I'm on science and engineering, I'm more competent than, you know, Nine hundred ninety-nine thousand people, you know, out of out of a million, I'm a reasonably good scientist and engineer. But of course, that's biased. But people pay me good money because they believe I'm a good scientist and engineer. And I've tried to do hard things for a long time, and I've got a lot of failures to prove how good I am. Now that's kind of ironic too. If you're trying to do hard things, uh, your failure rates high. But I have my opinions about global warming and climate change, and I have a whole lot of opinions about engineering. If you've listened to this podcast, um, believing that you know the federal government is not going to engineer our way out of global warming, but that's a whole nother subject. But I have opinions and my mine is an educated opinion, but it's not an expert opinion. So what I think you have to do on something where we don't have the <clears throat> expertise to do it, we have to depend on experts. And you gotta find those experts. And you got to critique the sources. If you're looking at, you know, political news, I look at the New York Times, Washington Post. Of course, I'm liberal. Um, if you're going to be conservative, I would probably look like at the Wall Street Journal. I don't know if economists would be considered liberal or conservative, but I'm sure there's there's other uh, conservative sources that are uh, high quality. And there's low quality sources. And on the liberal side, I would actually say MSNBC is a low quality liberal source. I think they're too much involved in being sensational and the drama of things. And I think Fox is the same, got the same problem. Now, how does the average American make a choice about, you know, how well researched are the stories they're hearing? That's a hard one. I don't know. And I think, um, 
the education level of our country is definitely hurting us. I think it takes some education, of course, I'm biased, uh, to discern what makes sense and what doesn't make sense and who's actually doing their homework before they try to tell us something. And I think our biases make that doubly hard. Um, I would even say CNN is, not so great in being biased. I think they're a little too sensational. So the point I'm trying to make is truth. Sometimes you have to trust someone else, but you have to be really careful who you choose to trust. You got to spend some time. And one of the first criteria, if the person you go to for your truth, everything they say you agree with, that's a really good sign that you have not picked the right person. Rachel Maddow. I love listening to her because everything she says, not everything, but for a while, everything, when I first found her, I go, wow, she's good. I like what she says. She's right on there. Why? Because she was saying exactly everything I thought. But what was I driven by? I was driven by kind of a very strong dislike of Trump. Actually, more of a fear of Trump and what he stood for. I figured he stood for, you know, the January 6th ramsacking of the Capitol. And I believe that even before he did it. I thought he was destruction. So I was looking for someone that would make that come true. Rachel Maddow could take the slightest bit of evidence and weave a story around it and make it look like Trump had, like she almost had the evidence to convict Trump of conspiring with the Russians, doing all sorts of things. The reality is, you know, he may have been doing a lot of that, but she really didn't have the goods. She had conjecture. She had a lot of conjecture. And I like that conjecture because it kind of fed into what I wanted to hear. But that's also, I started realizing that she was feeding what I wanted to hear. And that's the first sign that something is amiss. If everything you're hearing feeds into your biases and what your beliefs are, and you're not being challenged, it's not a good sign. It means you're looking for bull and being fed it. So first you have to look for reliable sources. 
And then you have to look at people, the stories that you're given, and say, do I know people that are like that? And does it depend on me creating an other, another group of people? Like those Democrats, those liberals, the other, of course, they're like that. Not the people I know, because people I know aren't those liberals. They're conservatives, they're Republicans. People I know are like this. Well, the people you know are multifaceted and they have a lot of parts to their lives. They have kids and school and churches and jobs and so do the liberals. And most of what you're talking about is some little sliver of their political identity that you're making them into the other and then you're attributing to their behavior whatever you wanted to attribute to it. And you're having to create an other to make your stories reasonable. You have to create other. You have to create a different type of people than you know by your own experience. That's the number two sign. If you have to create an other that aren't people that love their kids and that work hard and they want the best for their families and they want to go to work and they want to, you know, have a peaceful life. Those kind of people are on both sides. And if the story you're being told depends on you creating 100 million others that steal the elections and do other bad shit, then you're being told you're being told a fib. You're being told a conspiracy theory. If you have to create a whole new class of people with certain bad traits to make their story believable, it's not believable. If someone tells me a story that says all Republicans are crap and all Republicans, you know, hate education, all Republicans, you know, don't like uh, black people, whatever you have to create and tell me, of, and I have to make all Republicans into an other, a group of other people that are not human like me, that don't have the same basic concerns and needs, then it's probably not true. Now to say that people, Republicans have different views than I do, that's pretty true. But actually, if you knew me better, Democrats have a lot of stuff that I don't think is true. I think there's a whole lot of stuff from the far left that I do not buy into at all. And I'll go into some of those in another podcast. And there's a certainly a whole lot on the far right that I don't believe is true. In fact, I don't believe very close to anything on either extreme of the spectrum. I, I pick and choose from both sides of the fence. Um, pretty much have my own views about most things. Um, I don't know. 
probably be, believe more of things that are considered democratic at this point in time. Even some progressive stuff, but I got some libertarian ideas in me too. So as a nation, if, if we don't make a real effort to look for the truth and look for the truth, not only in ideas, but look for the truth and the way people are portrayed and what you believe about people. People that you know, look around at people you know and you, you've had dealings with your whole life and be fair to them. And then see the rest of the world, the people that you don't know and believe that most people are good, decent people just like you are. That have some beliefs different, but a lot of stuff and it has come to do with family and jobs and everyday lives and what football team they root for and what tennis player, whatever. They're kind of like you. So we've got to look for the truth, not only in the things we're being told and the ideas and stuff, but we have to look for truth and the stories were told about other people. And we have to dismiss hearsay and we have to look for and find experts that have good reputations and that have solid and simple arguments. And they can't be doomsday, dramatic, And the end of the world's coming type stuff. They got to be, you know, kind of normal stuff like you see with people around you. And then here's another one, one final criteria. It's really hard to find what the truth is. I mean, it, it's a tough job and you got to work at it. But people form reputations with time and reputations matter. And what matters, not whether someone's like 100% accurate with what they're telling you, or they're dead on right. That isn't the ultimate criteria, I don't believe. I think the ultimate criteria is what, are, what is their intentions? Do they intend to the best of their ability to tell you what they believe is true and what they have evidence to support? Intention. And when you talk, your ability to tell and discern what the truth is, is kind of limited by your abilities. And tell the truth, not, none of us have enough ability to be 100% on on what's true and correct. We're just dumb. But one thing that we can do is we can work real hard at trying to get our intention to be truthful up to 100%. And we can form a reputation that we intend to tell the truth to the best of our ability. 
And we can expect other people when they talk to have the intention of telling the truth. And if you discover with time that those people's intention, and I don't think that's real complicated, you can let a, a lie go by here or there or say, well, maybe he just didn't know any better and he was really trying. But I think with some people, it's pretty obvious that they change with the wind. They change. Uh, we, somebody we just had running this place would say in the same paragraph things that were the opposite. You know, two sentences later. And if what they say lines up to make them popular with you all the time, start questioning their intention. Being popular, being thought to be right, being liked, those are counterproductive when it comes to trying to be truthful. Your intentions, your authenticity is often a conflict with being liked. And I think if you pay attention to people, I think that's pretty easy to start picking out the people that are telling you the truth to the best of their ability. Versus those people are just telling you what you want to hear. And as a country, our survival as a country and as a people and how we prosper depends on us as a nation of having the intent to tell the truth. Intent is really super important. My wife often asks me, what are your intentions? I'm talking to another woman or something, she'll ask me, what are your intentions? And sometimes I, and we're, we're pretty open with each other. We, we confess up sometimes that our intentions maybe are not quite, you know, what they seem to be. Maybe what they should be. But that's a real popular question in our family. What is our intentions with each other, with the rest of the world? What's our intention in our job, our life, our children? What are your intentions? What kind of intentions do you want from those that run this country? Anyway, that's, that's my take on the truth and finding the truth. Comes down a lot of it to intentions. This is the ancient Texan. Open my two cents matters.